sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts. So let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you. So you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is, you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required, so that's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, So yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hello and welcome. I'm Victoria. I'm Serena and together we're from Noir. This show is all about women. Specifically, no. We are going to review and analyze movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women, and we cannot wait for you to join us. Tune in and listen wherever you listen to podcasts or join us on YouTube. Yeah, thank you for coming. Today we're talking about the movie The Old Guard, which is on Netflix. The Old Guard is a movie that came out in the year 2020, written by Greg Rucka and directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood. The film stars Charlize Theron as Andy, Kiki Lane as Niall, and Harry Melling as the antagonist, Stephen Mellick. The film follows a covert group of tight-knit mercenaries led by Andy with a mysterious inability to die. When the team is recruited to take on an emergency mission and have their powers and they have their powers exposed, it is up to Andy and Niall to help the group eliminate the threat of those who seek to replicate and monetize their power by any means necessary. We're going to start off by uh, talking about our impressions based on the trailer um, and advertisements done for the movie. Then we'll go into uh, talking about the movie as a whole. Um, then later, uh, we've been doing this up until this point. So this is our fourth recording and I have not explained that every episode we do an FMF. So we're going to do a fuck Mary friend zone corner and we haven't been doing it, but I've never explained it. So I'm now explaining that we will be doing that. Um, (laughs) we, uh, uh, analyzing the film, um, based on whether or not it passes the Bechdel test and then we'll give our final scores of the movie and then uh give you some recommendations of similar movies if you liked the old guard so we'll start off with trailers i did not know this movie was coming at all it just one day was on netflix and i was like oh this is cool (laughs) yeah i i also just saw like i think it popped up on like the that when you first enter your netflix and it has that like screen that just kind of randomly plays whatever's whatever they're featuring yeah, like and that was one of them and i was like oh it's charlie's throne and then i was like what movie is this and then i watched the trailer and i was like oh that seems pretty cool and i'm pretty sure i just watched it that day yeah i think so too i think it was because <laughs> i was so interested it hit all my, i was like, like this well, looks so cool that actually is an advertisement i guess in and of itself is that yeah. that banner it worked 100 <laughs> they showed her i like, immediately was like yeah. yes yeah, they showed her and being I actually, and I was sold. I watched it twice that day because oh, I didn't way. finish it. It was that one day our family, uh, we do like a family 
call with uh, my grandparents and my aunt and uncle and my other aunt and I think my great aunt. <laughs> and so it was a Sunday and I sat down to watch it and I was watching it just by myself, like in the main like living room section that we have. And because we're, I live with my parents because of COVID and everything. And we like, I got maybe about up until 30 minutes to the end. And I actually remember like thinking, I was like 30 minutes and it's going to be over. And I remember thinking like, dang, I kind of hope they do something more with this main character. We had the family call and then my parents were like, what movie were you watching? That looks super interesting. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty good actually. I didn't get to the end. I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind watching it all over again. So we all sat we all sat down, we started the movie over, and then I watched it again from beginning to end. <laughs> and then I was pleasantly, uh, I guess, I was very satisfied with it afterwards. And I very much enjoyed the movie. I've since then watched it at least twice again. So I've seen it probably like four times now. Wow. Okay, I've only yeah. seen it twice. <laughs> but only because of that odd circumstance. Right. Well, the other two weren't yeah. for any circumstance. Those were for... Yeah, they were just... Right? I was like, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> this one was, uh, I think, like around two hours, but it didn't feel long. I really enjoyed this mm-hmm. one. The pacing was really good. Yeah. Um, action was really well spaced out. It was really cool. It was so good, too. I took the notes that... Because um, this is our second time recording for this movie. The first time I mentioned... Or wait, the first time I had, like, notes... Oh, fuck, now I can't find them, of course. <laughs> anyway, I remember what I said, but basically I was like, um, I thought it was kind of interesting going just like right into like the plot and stuff. There's that scene where uh, Niall and uh, Andy are on the plane and mm-hmm. they have like a scuffle and they're fighting, fist fighting and the whole thing. Dude, and I remember being the like, intense too. I know it was a great scene, um, but I just remember thinking it was like awkward and weird. And I kind of like had to call myself out because like. I was like, it's kind of weird to see her, like, fight a child. I don't know. But then, like, in movies like Spider-Man, like, he fights adults all the time. So I was like, That's true, I don't know why yeah. I found it kind of strange when they fought. Um, I don't know. But because it was it was a good scene. It was well choreographed. It was, like, oh my goodness, important and really interesting. And it helped their character arcs and stuff. So I was like, I don't know why I thought it was, like, weird. <laughs> I remember the first time I sat down watching it every time after the way that they open the movie is so cool. They do that voiceover thing where she's like talking and then it like goes and then you see like all of that and you just kind of see like bits and pieces. Right. And they're all like dying. And then they it just like goes black and they open the credits and then it shows you like up until that point. I just remember the way that the opening like the opening title sequence came in was so cool i was like wow i am so interested in the rest of this movie now the music was really good in this movie that initial like what you just said and then it goes into like not present day but like how they got into the mission or whatever there's an awesome track in the background i don't know the name of it but throughout the movie there's like really good like non-orchestral like um like non-diegetic music that like accompanies it's so fucking good and like like, the the frank ocean song when they're playing that and i was listening to it in her like earphones i was like oh my goodness it's so good (laughs) yeah oh man and like the cinematography was so good in this film like it wasn't necessarily that shots were like really pretty but the the shots that they took were so well placed in this movie like I remember watching it and I was like 
Okay, like there's a scene when um, they introduce the big pharma guy, and oh, it's yeah, like they're in name. this warehouse, Steven and Mellick. they Steve. Uh, Melick is his last name, so you can call him Melick. Steve Melick. Stephen Melick is the character. Interesting. Name. Okay, Melick. <laughs> I don't know why I don't remember his name. I just remember him as Big Pharma because that's like his his thing. He goes like Big Pharma, and it's the guy that played Dudley in Harry Potter. Which I was like, what the heck? <laughs> you mentioned it to me, and then I was like, I can't stop seeing it. Wait, was it? Hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Before we say that, and then because I think I walked that back, but hold on, let me make sure. <gasps> yeah, it's the guy that played Dudley. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and I was like. Like you told me, and then I literally was like, oh my goodness, I can't stop seeing that. And I was like, whoa. He's going to be in the FMF before. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But like the way that they led up into that like scene, I thought was really cool. And I don't know why I like immediately picked up on it. It's because they're in this warehouse. I think it's um, Niles right after she like dies the first time and she's in the um infirmary and they like have her in the shot and then she like walks out of the shot but the camera like stays and it like it doesn't necessarily like focus in but it kind of like moves to show um this like box of medicine or something and it has the his company and then from there his voice comes in and then he starts talking and it's his company and I was like I love how they did like it was like subtle but (laughs) then also just like whoa like it it didn't need to be flashy and I I really enjoyed that I was like wow they really did like lead you into that without it being like a whole big deal um because all they needed was like the voiceover like even if they had just done the voiceover without that it would have been cool but I really thought it was really smooth I was like nice clever I am very appreciative of yeah, the transition was nice. Are you my good? Goodness. What <laughs> Sorry, my dog <laughs> jingling a little collar. Yeah, I had a really good flow. Um, it went back and forth between because there was kind of that. Um, there were like a couple stories going on, so it was like the main story with Andy, and then the history mm-hmm. of that whole group, and then there was Niall coming from like her history into that groups, like at like starting kind of like that's going to be the B story, and then goes into the A story. Um, and then also following like the emergence of the villain um, and going back and forth so that for a while they, yeah. there's no um, like scene with all of them in the same area. It, it follows them mm-hmm. all separately. And it did that like really well. It was not confusing. It was really like um, nicely like divvied out. The scenes would come yeah. back and forth, which is really cool. Yeah, they did a really good job keeping it like cohesive and um yeah, I thought it was great. I loved all of the characters, too. Mm-hmm. There was, like, I don't, I feel like a lot of times you can't really say about a movie that you love every single character, but they did a really good job of developing all the characters and giving them, like, something about them that makes them feel really real. Because even the way that they interact with each other is also a very, like, human relationship, which is super interesting because the whole movie is about this idea of, like, mortality and immortality and it's really cool to see like just like the themes of that and how it plays off of each other just written like within the characters and how they interact with each other and how they interact with other people I thought that was a really cool thing for them to do with this movie um because like they all act very they're all very uh 
friendly with each other. They all know each other really well, except for Niall, of course, until she gets brought in later because this group has been together for so long. And I think one of the things that assisted um, kind of like how you can see how much they all care about each other was how dire, I guess, they made the circumstances. Um, Because, again, hopefully you watch the movie. This is a huge spoiler. But they add in that, um, I guess, that like third rule of the fact that like, yes, they have more like immortality right now but at any given moment it could just like expire (laughs) and that's so terrifying I guess especially with the fact that they just kind of go around trying to save the world and like really just dying like all the time and then even with that it's super painful for them to regenerate and sometimes it gets slower depending on like how bad the injury was and you can just feel like the way that they like look at each other, the way that they interact each other when things like that happen. They're like, oh my goodness, I hope this isn't the last time. Or like, that's really painful. Like, please come on. Like, you got to stay with me here kind of a thing. Like they do that. And you can really feel how much the characters feel for each other, which makes you as like an audience member really also feel like attached to these characters. Like you just want them to be okay kind of a thing. Um, I thought they did so well uh, keeping that consistent throughout the whole film. Like even though you know they're immortal, every time something happens where they get hurt, you still kind of feel a little bit anxious about it. I thought that was handled really well because a lot of times um, they'll have like superhero type storylines where uh, they either like regenerate or it's really hard for them to die or they're like practically invincible and you kind of forget that they like feel pain. And so, like, I think heroes, they had the cheerleader and she could, like, regenerate her bones, could heal. uh, And she basically, like, couldn't die. And I remember, like, they had to point out the fact that, like, it hurt, even though she was, like, she just would just willingly, like, oh, I dropped my cucumber in the garbage disposal. Or I think her ring falls off in the garbage disposal. There's, like, a scene in the second season. (laughs) And she just sticks her hand in it. And cracks up all of her bones and then pulls her hand out and then it starts healing. And people yeah. are like, doesn't that hurt? And then, and she's like, yeah, it does. And I was like, that's so dumb. Like, if something hurt, I wouldn't do it even if I could, even if I could regenerate. So I like that in this film, they aren't just like actively trying to die. They just know that chances are most likely they won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of just being like completely blinded, like, blatantly disrespecting life and like all physical forms of pain yeah I would say that a lot of that comes through in the dialogue specifically Mm. so and I think that that's something that you can attribute to the film because in so this one I think um it started out as a comic like there's an old guard comic series Mm -hmm. and and when something's like a written form or it takes a written form first, I almost feel like making a movie about it sort of compartmentalizes it. So there's not a whole lot that you can include Mm. narratively when you're taking something from like a novel or a comic book and then making it into a movie. Um, And so for them to uh, focus specifically on revealing those like intimate features through like solely the dialogue, um, Mm. I think that's interesting. And it leaves a lot like, not desired, but then I think that's something that um, allowed for 
like a lot of like themes and like uh, emotion to be conveyed in other areas. So it's not like yeah. there was really one overarching like lesson um, that every aspect of film played towards. You were kind of able mm. to like um, break it down into like, okay, the dialogue really revealed this about their relationship. But then when you watch it and you see them, like how you're seeing their eyes and that kind of stuff, you yeah. notice something else about their relationship. And then when you uh, think about it like narratively, then you notice other things about the relationship um, and about the story and stuff. Um, so I think that's really cool and something that they did really well. And that's why you can watch it multiple yeah. times, I think, and appreciate it in different ways um, <laughs> and anew as well. Yeah. And it helps that all of the actors in this movie did phenomenal jobs. <laughs> like everyone was on point. And I like, I'm pretty sure this is the first main feature that um, Niall's character is like in. Like I'm pretty sure she was either in like a television show or like an indie movie before. I can't quite remember, but this is like her first like, like breakout thing. And it, she did amazing. Obviously we know Charlize Theron's amazing. Um, the guy, Chiwetel, Chiwetel is the FBI guy or the CIA guy. I can't remember which branch he's in. I got you, but, I got you. Um, Copley. He's like one of my favorite actors because he looks like my dad. And I oh always God. tell, every time I see <laughs> Chiwetel on screen, I always turn or tell my dad, I'm like, dad, if I ever had a movie about my life, I would cast him as you right now. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, you right now, whatever age you are right now, Chiwetel's going to play you. I'm going to try and get Chiwetel to play you, dad. That's so <laughs> I funny. always tell him that, but I, every time I see him on screen, I just get a little bit happy because he's also like a great he's a great actor and I think that he's able to like play those lines of like um like he's very versatile I guess like very similar to Shirley's Theron but they're very versatile they can play a lot of different roles and then the other guy that I was also really surprised was with um was uh dang it I don't remember his name in this movie I got you Who, what's what? his character's name because he was the guy that played um Jafar in Aladdin and I also had to do a double take because I didn't think he did that good in Aladdin, oh. <laughs> but in this one, he did uh, absolutely amazing. And I, I, I obviously don't know if it was just like the way that Aladdin was written or anything like that, but like there was a very noticeable difference between him as Jafar in Aladdin and him in this movie. Like he did so good in this movie. So his I name is Marwan Kinzari and he plays Joe in the movie. They all did absolutely amazing. And speaking of Nikki and Joe, I absolutely love them and their characters. I thought that, I don't know, I would probably say that they're my favorites. Just because um, the way that they like talk to each other and they incorporate other people around them, they have this very welcoming and like open and like warm inviting presence even though they can like totally kick your butt and like kill you in like a moment. They have such great personalities and I honestly okay I do feel that their personalities shine through a little bit better than the other ones because the other three characters are very like closed off in I guess like their approach to people like you've got Niall with her being like okay like I'm a marine this is completely new territory my life has literally been uprooted and I have no idea what the heck is going on so she's obviously got that like defensive like I don't know you what the heck I am very uncomfortable right now kind of a thing while mm -hmm. still also trying to like adapt to it and survive. And then you've got um, 
you've got Andy's whole thing with being like the oldest immortal and having lost like people. And then I know she basically like a lot of like the story kind of starts off with her being like, we're not doing any more jobs or something. And the only reason they go on this job is because they get screwed over. And so you have a lot of her emotions there with her being kind of like very guarded the whole time. Booker has this whole thing where like him and Andy are like the oldest ones, right? And he's also very guarded because plot twist, uh, he's kind of the reason they have to do this whole thing. (laughs) Um, Like he literally is like, yeah, we'll take the job. And then he's like, also, you guys should experiment on us because if you experiment on us, then maybe you can find a way for me to finally like die in peace because I've been alive for so long and being alive kind of sucks, which honestly, like same, um, (laughs) kidding. That is a joke for legal reasons. That is a joke. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, but yeah, like all three of them, you can feel that they're very guarded but Nikki and Joe have this very like warm presence. And I feel like that whole group dynamic is super interesting with the mix of all three of those. And so it's really cool to see those different personalities like mixing together and totally working in a cohesive way. Like even though Booker betrays them, you never really guess that he's the one. And then even after you still like, you understand why he did it and you understand why everybody is like forgiving of him. And I thought that that was really cool because a lot of times you're like, why the heck would you forgive them for doing this? And you're like, why are they doing this just because you didn't want it to end badly? Like you feel that as an audience member, like all of their emotions and like struggles and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something about the fact that you said that they were like really detached. Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say, but I wrote that down the first time I took notes on this. Um and I feel like that's something, well, I don't know. This is definitely just a perspective and an opinion, but I feel like a lot of times that's what they, um, that's like a characteristic. And I won't say that this happened in this movie, but that's a characteristic very common that they give to girls when like they go through a breakup or they experience loss is they give them that like, Im- they shut them down emotionally. Um, mm. And I feel like they didn't do that to like a negative end in this movie. I think I think yeah. it like was really um, relevant. And like you said, she wasn't alone. Andy wasn't alone in being closed off. Like they all kind of agreed that it would be wrong to trust people and that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, it made a lot of sense, and I, it wasn't really gendered. But um, that was something I picked up on. Is like I sort of oh, have yeah. like when I watch movies like a checklist where I'm like, oh, do they do all these cliches? Um, and to me, that mm-hmm. one's like a cliche. I feel like we see that a lot. Um, yeah, because it's almost yeah. like a cliche that they created to counteract the other cliche of women being too emotional. Was <laughs> that they made them unemotional? You no, know, it's well, no. That's the thing is it has to do with emotion, and that's what yeah. a lot of like female characters. It's like oh, if something they they only give them emotional like repercussions or emotional motivation. You know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But then in this in this movie, it worked really well. But just to me, like right off the bat, I was like, OK, like there better be a good yeah. reason for this. But there was. And I think <laughs> it worked. It worked really well. Yeah. Um, they all have like legitimate reasons for being that way. Yeah. Made sense. Um, instead of it just being like and I'm so glad that for none of for neither Andy or Niall, it's because of like a dude. Because yes, that's also a thing definitely. they'll do is that they'll be closed off because they got screwed over by some man. Exactly. And I'm kind of glad that the reason that they're like 
Because for Andy, it's because, like, she's just seen too many people die and she hasn't seen any, like, positive repercussions for, like, the reason that she has this power. She's like, there has to be a reason, like, why am I immortal? And she's just seen, like, too many of her close friends die Mm -hmm. for trying to save humanity that just continues to be bad. And that's, like, such a good reason to be... (laughs) guarded you know it's not like oh yeah I tried to save like the this guy and it turns out that like he was evil it wasn't like that and then for Niall it has it's just like a gut reaction like uh I'm not sure if I'm safe like I don't know what the heck's going on kind of a thing which is like also just like a very like reasonable reaction to have yeah and I'm so glad it wasn't just because of like oh yeah actually this guy was a dick and now I have to like deal with it like they had other reasons to be angry at the world yeah like sorry men you weren't the reason for everything (laughs) (laughs) and at the core of it I like their um group trust so they were they weren't necessarily like completely closed off like they all without even without question trusted Mm -hmm. each other which is really cool it's probably one of my favorite like character like um like the motif of the found family and the way yeah. they are from different backgrounds but they all come together mm-hmm. and they all take care of each other like a family it's like my favorite thing ever and they um <laughs> they don't that the fact that like booker was able to even backstab them was because of that just like uninhibited trust and yeah, that's like the coolest thing ever like that trust. is my craziest fantasy because as a bitch with <laughs> trust issues i'm like whoa that's cool like that's cool bitch and there was a good um scene where um and maybe this is part of her character arc I never really thought about it in terms of like Andy's um like emotional withdrawnness (laughs) her being emotionally withdrawn and then coming to like trust I guess um because she does that with Niall but then there's a good scene um, where she's uh, injured, so she oh, yeah. normally regenerates um, injuries, like she regenerates her skin and bones, but she gets shot and uh, sustains the wound. Yeah, <laughs> so she goes to it like a CBS, and like she doesn't know how to use medicine or bandages, <laughs> and she asks yeah. like the woman at the counter, or the counter uh, woman asks her like, "Do you need help?" And so the, mm-hmm. she lets the woman like dress her wound and stuff. Um, yeah. And it was like, a, it was really sweet because it was just nice like vulnerability. And it was between like these two women that like, yeah. are, and the, the counter lady Complete asks like, strangers. you don't have to explain yourself. Like, you know, I got you. And it was like really yeah. nice, that solidarity. And that's like, that's part of that like fantasy of just like, you know, it's nice to like entertain that notion that like people are good and people are, you know, kind and you can trust yeah. like a stranger to in your time of vulnerability and need and stuff. Um, so it was, I love that. That scene stuck with me. It was really And even with their, their like dialogue in the end, cause I think like at the end, she's like, how much like I can pay you whatever. And the, and the, the shop lady, she just says like, no, the only thing I asked was that you do something nice to like another person for no yes! reason. Okay, wait, I think I wrote like, it down. She uh, says, so today beautiful. I help you, tomorrow you help others. Yeah, <laughs> oh, which is God. such a great thing to happen, um, especially to Andy's character, because I, I mentioned earlier, like, she's essentially so guarded because she's seen this, like, fall of humanity and, like, they're caring for one another and, like, basically, like, empathy for each other. And then she meets this lady and it's so wonderful to be like, hey, guess what? There's still a a glimpse of like hope in the world. And I feel like that does actually, like you were saying, kind of go with her character arc because she starts off the movie so jaded against humanity. And then the movie basically ends up being like, Hey, 
everything that you've done has had a payoff. Like there have been so many good things that have happened. You just haven't seen it. And so I thought it was wonderful that that's kind of like the first little like, um, I guess like Easter egg as to like what the the end of the movie is supposed to be. And it follows through to the, to the very end. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Even Booker, like he does betray them, but he does it because he wants to help. Like it, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it's definitely like a black and white. He did backstab them. Um, yeah. But in, he did it for their, their benefit. Like he wasn't taking any like outside money from the antagonist. He yeah. wasn't on the antagonist's team, but um, he did it like, you know, for, for her benefit and the benefit of the group. Um, yeah, so, he was like, I thought you guys would want this. Like, we've been in yeah. pain for so long. We don't have to be if they figure this out kind of a thing. Yeah, so there's so kind of an innocence there It's such a good dynamic. Well. Yeah. Yeah. No, this movie's great. I think yeah. the other thing about this movie is every time I watch it, I... I like it even more. <laughs> really? <laughs> like every Aww. time I talk about it, I'm just like, dang, they did so good. Like there's just, it's, I don't know. Like even like on a first watch, I feel like when you watch it the first time, it does just feel like a regular superhero movie. And you're like, oh, I kind of like it. But really like the more you watch it, you just find more and more layers of depth to the movie and the film itself. And it's just, I love movies like that. Like, please <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> like I am here yeah. for it. <laughs> I want to talk about um, Andy again. Okay, yeah, yeah, go for <laughs> and it. And her. Um, there was something, actually, that every time I think about this movie, I can't help but think about also the dynamic of um, Andy and her, like, first, the first other woman that she meets that ends up, they both end up getting, like, kidnapped and, like, the whole reason that they have to stay undercover was because of this whole incident that happened where Andy gets saved or like escapes somehow but the other one gets like she basically gets put in like an iron maiden and then dropped in the ocean because they got tried for being witches for witchcraft yeah they got tried for being witches that's right and it was like insane and this is another one of those things where it like kind of just adds to like the just like the sadness you get from this movie and it's not necessarily like sad but like the dire situation type thing like they have a reason for wanting their identity to be concealed for not wanting to have like outside people know them uh for not having relationships outside of just like the immediate group um was because this girl gets put in an iron maiden dropped to the bottom of the ocean but she's immortal so essentially she dies multiple times a day for centuries just drowning over and over like that's her entire life and they're just like that's the worst possible thing on the like that's worse than death (laughs) and like they're like that's why we have to do the things that we do essentially and I was like that's such a good reason also what the heck that's so sad but I also like that they don't just leave it there they at the end of the movie they like bring her back and they're like yeah like I remember Annie's like I searched for her for years and years and years and then at the end She's supposed to, like, she comes back uh, and, like, converses with Booker. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa, what the heck? Like, is there going to be a sequel? Because I'd be hella down for a sequel. (laughs) Please give us a sequel. Please. (laughs) I want a sequel so bad. Yeah, that was really nice. I want to know what happens. Because that's insane. Like, that whole deal. Oh, my goodness. Like, I I literally still, to to this day, it's been months, chills. 
I get so worried. I'm like, I wrote oh my goodness, that that's it was so a love story. Sad. I, I, I saw this movie a long time ago. I haven't dated August, so that was the last oh, time man. I saw this. But um, <laughs> I wrote down love story of the two girls. I can't, was there like love? What, did they say they were in love? I can't remember. Not necessarily, but like okay. you feel that they're in love. Like, okay, there pretty, was, there I'm was pretty like sure romantic attachment. Like I'm pretty like. sure that was her like first love, greatest love, yeah. like some type of love. Yeah. Um, and I put that it wasn't a really in-your-face story. It didn't claim mm-hmm. to be better than her friendship with the men. It was just another relationship that she had. Yeah, it just, just hit different. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. Because, um, like, I really want them to be reunited. And I really hope that there aren't any, like, bad feelings there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because I think I, it was, like, important that she had love with, like, Mm-hmm. the guys that she was with but then um like they were know. all very clearly platonic love mm, i don't know well you know what the thing is it's cool is like i feel like it leaves it open to like different sorts of love because i i, t- I personally don't really see things in terms of like platonic friendship family dating whatever you know like those sorts of like, oh, big yeah. name sort of things i feel like mm-hmm. that people can have a capacity for attachment and like um like mutual you know romance not necessarily like romantic romance I know that doesn't really make sense but um people can be very close and feel like bonded like without other you know like like that whole idea of like soulmates where they're like um like the whole idea of soulmates where like your soulmate could be like anybody it doesn't have to be like the person you're in love with it could be like your best friend it could be like like someone that you met once but you've never had like a connection with before kind of a thing yeah like soulmates don't have to be people that you date or marry yeah like it doesn't have to be romantic it doesn't have to be a sexual attraction yeah it can just be like a like just a human connection yeah I feel like this movie like opened it up to a lot of different human connections and they introduced like a a lot of because I said like found family earlier um Mm -hmm. but then it it's like not necessarily like um the they don't necessarily exhibit the values of a traditional family um, yeah. in the way that they interact and in the way that they care for each other. Um, I, I I like that. I like that. Like it's a um, huge, yeah. The vague. They and have such open. a close connection, and it's wonderful. Yeah, and there was a lot of different relationships, and then in the different you know identities that the characters had too was really cool. So that mm-hmm. was just like one of the many forms of love that I feel because I feel like all the characters in the end did love each other. I yeah. would use the word love, but then you can um, interpret that in, you know, in an infinite amount of ways yeah, yeah, um, yeah. in this movie alone. So personally, yeah. so I just really like that. No, and you totally can see, like, I like that they didn't, like, have to ease you in to how much they all love each other. Like, it was very, like, right off the bat. Like, yeah. there's Shirley Theron, she's on the motorcycle, she gets off, she talks to the guy and the guy, and they're immediately, like, old friends again like yeah. never missed a beat and yeah. even though they haven't seen each other in so long and then when they all meet up together and they they start giving her the food they give her the baklava yeah. and she's like <laughs> and she guessing like where it. it's from yeah. and they're like betting on it and I was like oh my goodness <laughs> like I want to be a part of it <laughs> like, yeah, I want to be a like part of that, that group <laughs> yeah yeah like they just have such a great chemistry and like 
yeah, they just have such a strong connection that you can feel like the way that they're written, the way that they interact with each other, the way that the actors portray them is just so good. Yeah, it was rich. I I like that the most, I think. I almost kind of don't even really remember the story part, but I am (laughs) so like floored by how impressive yeah they were able to build impressive. the characters and that interconnection it's freaking yeah. awesome and even like the villain um he i thought it was really interesting to have a villain like that because he it's one of those ones where you're like oh dang he kind of has like a good reason but also like dang like where does humanity go and i <laughs> thought it was really cool that they like had that kind of be what the villain is because that essentially is what they've always been fighting against and so i thought it was a really cool way to bring it back to that like that idea of like humanity and like how they care for each other and all of that stuff and like how you can lose it in trying to be like too good if that makes sense um you see that in booker's character but even with a uh, chowettle's character uh the way that he's his character is like he gives them up and then he immediately realizes, oh, my gosh, you guys are completely inhumane and this is not OK. And then goes and like tries to help them out. And then at the end, he's kind of like they kind of are like, you have to be a part of our group now because we're not going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, knows too much. And then he's like and he doesn't even like no hesitation. He's like, I was hoping you I was hoping that would be the case <laughs> kind of a thing. He's like, yes, this is the one thing I've ever wanted in life. <laughs> so it's also like a huge win at the same time. They're like, it's our punishment for you. And he's like, this is the best punishment ever. <laughs> and it's so, it's so interesting. It's but a sequel, yeah, I really sure. like that, that, that idea of like humanity really plays with each character and the whole course of the story. It's absolutely amazing. Like I eat it up. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> okay. Let me look up the dude's. It's, yeah, okay, we have to narrow it down like to three. There's like four dudes. Yeah, we have to narrow it down to three. Should we just do um, the main guys? Booker, the main guys? Joe and Nikki? Dang, that's such a hard choice. Yeah, let's yeah. Okay, let's let's put the bad guy in there because it'd be... They're all like fun. in the main group. They're all too good. So we have to put... They're, they're too good. Yeah. I let's love them put, all. <laughs> okay, I so would let's marry do, every single one of them. Let's do Booker. And then Booker. let's do the bad guy, Merrick. Merrick. And then we'll do um, the, the one that looks like your dad, Copley. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. I, <laughs> I will volunteer to go that first. That feels a little wrong, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your dad. <laughs> I, can't, I can't not think of that, though. <laughs> it's not your it's dad. It's okay. I can friend zone him. I would friend zone the... Dudley Dursley guy because I'm sorry I can't even like in this fake scenario that I'm making up can't even ignore the fact that he is like that so I have to rent on him yeah he's so like I just that. I'll leave him on red he'll be like texting me all the time and I'll just be like my phone's Blocked. broken <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry new phone with this um yeah Merrick you like text him your phone's broken yeah I'd be like oh my sorry, god I can't my find phone's my phone broken. <laughs> I'll be like, oh my god, I hope you find it. Um, I think I'd fuck the one that looks like your dad, honestly. And then I'd marry Booker. Mm. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. It's not your dad. <laughs> not your dad, though. I know, I just can't stop thinking about it. Um, I would friend zone Chihuahua. Stop thinking about it. <laughs> Well, no, because, like, I want a friend in the FBI or the CIA or whatever with those skills, a good friend to have. 
I would marry Booker in a heartbeat. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, he proposed, yeah. Yeah. We're married now. Yeah. That's that. He's beautiful. Yeah, he's cute. And he's nice. And, like, yeah, totally would marry him. Um, Which means, I guess, would be that I would have sex with Dudley. (laughs) Took one for the team. (laughs) Man. uh, Yeah, if I'm... Yeah, unfortunately. Okay, before we do the Bechdel test, I actually wanted to kind of put a disclaimer. So as a time of, like, filming this, like, we haven't even released our first episode yet, um, but I feel like I need to kind of clarify. So when we do the Bechdel test, um, just, it's it's sort of just, like, uh, to spark a discourse. Um, It's not like a an end all like a one-off like if it passes it's feminist if it doesn't it sucks um because Mm -hmm. it definitely is possible for a movie to have many female characters and pass the Bechdel test and still be sexist or misogynistic or not a good portrayal of women um and it is also on the opposite end possible for a movie to only have one female character or some that don't talk that um are respectable so I just felt like I should um, say that because um, it is a good um, jumping off point for us to talk about whether or not um, a movie is uh, giving like a, a respectable um, perspective through which we can um, acknowledge uh, not only a female, female presence, presence but then, on screen. Um, yeah, because it's it, it's important to like not only on screen that women are on screen and doing these things, but also behind the scenes screen, it's important yeah. and that kind of stuff. So it's sort of just like a, a way that we can lay a foundation for a conversation about representation of women, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and because so, like yeah. you can have so many women. Like I would even say like there's early '90s, like early a lot of times they'll say like early '90s and like 2000s feminism is kind of like a like, there's a new wave of feminism right now that is, like, separating themselves from, like, the early 2000s, 90s feminism because there's still a lot of, like, misogynistic values. Yes. Um, and that's actually where that trope came from, the whole, like, closed-off woman, like, unemotional woman, which created another cliche right. to have to combat. Right. Um, and so I, I think that it's really cool to, like, talk about because, like, yeah, there's times when you talk about women and women on screen and stuff like that but at the same time you have to be respectable about the fact that like women are women and they're human beings and they're allowed to exist so then um the only criteria we're really looking at is whether or not this film has two named female characters that have a conversation at any point that is about something other than a man so definitely this passes <laughs> this, yeah it definitely passes not within not right away the first scene i think yeah but um yeah it definitely passes like not only do you have andy and niall where they literally never talk about men it's always about just their powers and like their survival and just existence mm-hmm. um but you also have the fact that niall is a marine in an all-female combat unit which is Particular to note, because when I first watched it, I immediately was like, that's weird. Because I grew up on, like, military bases my entire life. My dad was a Marine. Um, And, like, he retired. And, like, just when I was younger, that was kind of where I was always at. And there were, like, never that many women, like, in the Marine Corps. A lot of times there's there's a lot of 
you know, like controversy about like which branch of the military is like the safest or like the most inclusive for women. But I thought it was like really weird because women weren't allowed in like combat positions for a really long time. And when I watched the movie, I was like, I don't remember them actually being allowed to be in combat anytime soon. Like, and I asked my dad, I was like, that's not a thing, right? He was like, yeah, no, I thought that was a really interesting choice to have in this movie. And I was like, yeah, that is like something that's not normal. And so I looked it up and for the Marine Corps, women weren't allowed to be in a combat positions until 2012, which is like super recent. It's literally January, 2021 right now uh, when we're recording this. And like, that's crazy. 2012. That's insane. Like it's still even like if you look it up, it's just like the the Marine Corps like military website or whatever. Yeah. And it has a date. And it was like April of 2012 when they released that statement. Um, but that's crazy to me that that was a thing. But it's really interesting that she or that like they chose to put this character in one of those situations where like not only is she in an all female combat unit, but she's also leading it. Um so I thought that was really interesting because even when I approached my dad about it, I was like, do they really not have women in positions like this? Like in the area she's, where is she? I think she's in Iraq or Afghanistan. I can't remember. Do you want me to look it up? I can't remember, but they talk about it in the movie and they tell you where they are. But wherever they are, they have... Um, the scene where she's going into the place, but the only reason they're allowed to enter is because they're women. And so the guy's hiding in this all female like place because specifically it was so that the, the men, the men like battalion or whatever, like the male soldiers couldn't enter. And none of the women there are trying to protect him. He's just there. And they're also scared because like he's armed and can kill them. And so the only reason that they're able to successfully like get the bad guy in the scene is because they're women and they're allowed to enter the place. Um, so I thought it was a really cool scene to have, especially like within like the beginning of the movie and that they're all able to like do something for good. That wasn't like, cause sometimes like military scenes, uh, they can be very like, a stereotypical <laughs> like they can stereotype other countries a lot and I thought that it was more interesting in this movie that they didn't make it stereotypical in fact it was more of like a they actually included a little bit of the culture of like geographically where they were so I just thought that, that was, was really interesting it helped Niall like she actually passes the Bechdel test before Charlize Theron does um, yeah, for Andy, which does. is awesome. Um, yeah, because of her <laughs> battalion and stuff. And then that was something we talked about last episode that we were going to try and also acknowledge mm-hmm. when and where, if they were women of color, they, when they were able to get dialogue and with who. Um, and so, but she's able to pass it early on. Uh, yeah, early yeah. before Shirley's Theron does. So. And not only that, but also everyone in Niles like unit is also of color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is like they're fantastic. also all really women of color. Yeah. Yeah, because they yeah, it wasn't even it, they it wasn't something that they acknowledged. Um, and I feel like that's a perfect instance of when um, a lot of the times when there's uh, like characters that you only see in a couple scenes, they'll just cast mm-hmm. white people. Um, but I feel like it's possible to not do that yeah. um, in many cases, like whenever there's like a, a chance for an extra or something, um, they, they should 
be diverse in that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Okay, so final movie. thoughts, final rating. <laughs> oh, final rating, dang. I really like this movie. And I think I said in the last the last episode there was one movie I rated uh, that I would like say is a 10. Unfortunately, it's not this movie. <laughs> There's like some things that I don't like. Or not that I don't like, but I just thought we're like, okay, that was a little dumb. Like, like the at the end, the Dudley guy tries to take Shirley's Theron's character's like weapon and like use it, and I was like, dude, you don't even know how to use that. Why are you grabbing it? <laughs> or like the fact and that like Chewettle's character, <laughs> or like Chewettle's character, he like is in like the FBI, CIA, whichever one it is, yeah. and I literally at the end scene when they like walk in, him and Niall walk into the building, and I'm like, Chewettle, what are you doing? Like, you're gonna get killed. Like, you're gonna die. And I was like, wait, he's fully trained, and I totally forgot about that <laughs> because he doesn't do anything really like until that point of the movie, other than like emotional like choices. Um, so like at those are just they're very nitpicky things it's not like the rating goes down i just think that like i've seen movies that have affected me better and i it's 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 just a very special special 10 10 is only given to very 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 special films um so i definitely give it like a 9.5 wow (laughs) damn okay that's really high i actually think i'm just gonna give this one like a seven I okay because I was getting pissed at myself about the the oh, fucking what what is it called old guard one the old guard yeah <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna change it retrospectively <laughs> um I'm gonna rate I'm gonna re-rate the old guard an eight and I'm gonna rate this one a seven <laughs> okay because I think I also gave the old guard I gave the old guard like a nine yeah right yeah nine or nine point five or something yeah, like that a seven so was I would way say too this low. one I don't like, know what I was thinking yeah it's yeah it was something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I rated it pretty high. Mm-hmm. I think I said 9.5, to be honest. I think or so, Or, like, too, a yeah, 9. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> but it was pretty high. It's like, a 9.5. Because this is a movie wow. I would put on a list. Like, if you were like, I need movies to watch. Like, I have a lot of family that are always like, oh, you know any good movies out? And most of the time when they ask that, they are really just meaning that they want to be entertained and they want to, like, think too hard or be, like, provoked for any, like, deep thought or anything. But they also don't want something bad. You know, mm-hmm. like, they don't want to watch uh, Wonder Woman 1984. They want to watch something mm-hmm. a little bit more depth, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, something that is also, like, it's interesting, it's done well, like, the characters are fun, the dialogue's good. Like, something that you you really don't have to think about this movie a lot because it's very easy to follow kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. This is, like, one of those movies. Like, I would probably put this on a list of, like, movies for... For people that maybe aren't like film buffs but enjoy good movies, this is a movie for them. For sure. And speaking of film lists, let's give our recommendations. <laughs> recommendation time. Doop, doop, doop. So mine, <laughs> I was like, if you like this movie, the only one I could really think of, I don't know, that was kind of like the similar like balance of like comedic, but then also there's some um, really intense uh, action scenes was Leon the Professional, directed by Luke Besson in 1994. Um, that was Natalie Portman's breakthrough role. Um, it's about a 12-year-old who is an apprentice hitman <laughs> uh, to avenge the death of her brother by some, like, corrupt policeman. Mm. Um, I thought it was, like, really fun. It was cool. Um, 
it sort of has that like fantasy element not to the point where the old guard they have superpowers but like obviously a 12 year old is not going to become a hitman um or maybe they would in real life i don't know but i i just enjoyed that kind of thing i think it, it's like i couldn't have watched it when i was a kid because it was like heck of violent but um that's the kind of fantasy i had when i was a kid i was like yo i'm gonna grow up i'm gonna be so cool like this whatever so i really enjoyed it if you enjoyed this movie you might enjoy that one as well mm-hmm. um Another movie by Gina Prince, by the way, is um, Beyond the Lights. It is by the same director. I wouldn't say it necessarily has the same like vibe or feel of this movie, but it's definitely worth like, watching if you are interested in her as a director. Um, I know like her more uh, like iconic film is Love and Basketball, but I personally haven't seen it yet, um, mainly just because it's so hyped up every time someone says it. They're like, oh, it's so good. Uh, and I get a little hesitant about watching really hyped up movies. Uh, so I'm trying to like forget about how hyped up it is before I watch it. Because uh, I just don't want to be disappointed, you know. <laughs> but um, that's another totally. one of her movies. And then in regards of just like movies that I would recommend if you liked this movie. Um, is the movie Fast Color directed by Julia Hart. Um, it has the same kind of like element of fantasy. It's like a sci-fi thriller. Um, and it also has to do with a woman that has powers um and they like explain like that whole uh i guess like the rules of this universe and like her powers and everything like that um and it's more of a story about her her mother and her daughter so it's really cool uh they have interesting like editing when it comes to how their powers work and stuff so yeah definitely check it out um I enjoyed it. I've only seen it once and I got to give it a second watch through. So, you know, it definitely ends on like an interesting note. It's it's more indie, I would say, than like mainstream. Um, so I guess like be prepared for that if you're not used to watching indie movies. But yeah, I would definitely recommend that one. Cool. Wow. Awesome. Okay. That is it well, for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching or whatever you're doing. Feel free to, in the comments, play FMF with us. Um, definitely comment if you are watching this on YouTube or if you're on our Instagram ever. Uh, go ahead and just, like, recommend us movies to watch. We're, we, all, we obviously have movies that, like, come on our radar that we both like and would be interested in watching um but we might not have the same uh, i guess like radar that you guys have so if you guys have any movies that you think would be interesting to hear us talk about or would be interesting to watch we would love your suggestions uh for reasons of the podcast of course we're only going to do movies written by directed by or starring women but of course we will probably watch any other movie that's recommended because we love movies <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, night, whatever time, of, whatever it is. Uh, gr- great rest of your life. Um, wow. Yeah, thank you guys so much. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>